Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. And uh, the scripture says, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Somebody say, It shall be seen. Amen. You could put your Bible down and let's just let's just ask the Lord to bless this time together as we look into his word together. Would you lift your hands and help me pray over the remainder of this service? Jesus, thank you for allowing us to be in your house and to feel your presence and worship you once again. God, I thank you for these saints of God that are here tonight. And what a blessing it is to be able to look into your word together. I ask you would bless it in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated at this time. Amen. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching, a little bit of preaching here tonight. I really feel this strong in the Holy Ghost. Uh, the, the scripture tells us uh, in John 3.16, it uses these words uh, that I find very interesting because these same words can be found in two places in the New Testament. Uh, John 3.16, you know, very famous scripture. Many of you can quote this scripture. Uh, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that's the words that I, I, I'm focusing on, that I'm referring to. His only begotten son. Somebody say, his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God for that. Praise God for that scripture in our Bible. That Jesus saw fit to just give us a brief picture and just a few words in his scripture about what the plan was. Amen? I love the book of John. I love how it gives us glimpses into what this is all about from just a single scripture. But I find that those words are so interesting because they're referenced somewhere else. His only begotten son is also what is used to describe that event that I preached on uh, previously and what I read in your text, which that was when Abraham took up his son Isaac uh, to sacrifice him to the Lord. Uh, Hebrews in chapter 11 is calling Abraham a hero of the faith. He, he begins, the writer of Hebrews, to list all of these heroes that we should model our lives after. And in passing, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 17, the scripture says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. You see, there's a parallel in the scripture between Abraham and his son Isaac and what Jesus Christ has done for us. You see, it is a type and a shadow of what was to come. There, there was a purpose for Abraham offering up Isaac, and that was, it was an example 
of something that was to happen later. That is, Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son. He is our only begotten Son. He is our Savior who came to take our place on the cross. Praise God for that. Praise God. And what a blessing that I have freedom that I didn't even pay for and that our God paid the ultimate price for. He paid it all so we could be free. Amen. I don't know about you, but that story, it makes me emotional because I know the things I did wrong. And yet he died in my place. I know the things that I messed up when I knew better. And yet Jesus is the only begotten son. Hallelujah for that. Amen. But I, I, I want to build on this thought here today because in Genesis, uh, Abraham, he said, the Bible says that he called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider is what that means. He, he, he said and he named that place. And, and it's said to this day that in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now that's significant because there's another parallel and a, another type and shadow, if you'll bear with me here, uh, from the location that this happened. For Abraham offered up Isaac on a mountain that is called Mount Moriah. Amen? You know, you, you Bible scholars can confirm. Any head nods in the house? Amen? Am I right about that? It was Mount Moriah. What's interesting to me is it is on Mount Moriah that they, the Jews built their temple. It is on that very mountain that they built the city of Jerusalem. The old original city of Jerusalem, even as it stands today, is on top of Mount Moriah. Praise God. Because the Jews, they found that place to be very significant because of what God did for their father, Abraham. That God spared Isaac. And it was in that city of Jerusalem that Jesus became our sacrifice. There was Abraham with Isaac, an only begotten son on that mountain. But then there was the Savior of the world, God manifest in flesh, who became our sacrifice on that very same mountain. And I want to focus on something, if you just bear with me for a little while, that happened on that Mount Moriah. And I want us to look at the scripture in John chapter number 18. The Bible tells us that Jesus was being tried for for his, his, his heresy of proclaiming himself to be the Son of God. And there's this ruler of the land who is trying him. On this mount of Mount Moriah, the Bible tells us that this powerful ruler named Pilate began to judge Jesus. The scripture says this, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, 
Art thou the king of the Jews? Pilate was asking him. He said, hey, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him. He said, sayest thou this thing of thyself? Or did others tell it thee of me? I think Jesus was asking a legitimate question to Pilate. He was asking him, are you really interested in knowing who I am? Or are you just asking because somebody else wants to know? He was asking Pilate, you yourself, do you know who I am? Are you curious about who I am? Or are you just asking because you are the ruler who is trying me? Now remember that. Praise God. Verse 35, Pilate said, well, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. And so he begins to tell him, yeah, Jesus is saying, in a way, yes, I'm a king, but not right now. In my kingdom, though, it isn't here, praise God. But I find it interesting that in chapter number 19, the Bible tells us about our Savior being crucified for us. It says this in chapter 19 and verse number 19. I hope you have your Bibles for Bible study tonight. It says, and Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. Pilate wrote a title that he put on the cross for our Savior. I'm not saying Pilate's a good dude. Do you think Pilate's a good dude? Somebody shake your head at me. No. But he wrote this, the, and the writing, the scripture says, was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. You see, Pilate decided, you know what? I think he really is the king of the Jews. And so he wrote it on the, the, the wood that would be on the cross over Jesus Christ. And the scripture tells us something interesting. And you, I'm just preaching it how God gave it to me. So I hope, hope this is okay for you tonight. But in verse 20, the Bible says this. It says, this title then read many of the Jews. In other words, the Jews, they saw the bold letters that he is the king of the Jews. They saw the writing of Pilate. If you'll follow me, stick with me. I'm going somewhere with this. They, this title then was read many of the Jews. For the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and in Greek and in Latin. It was written so everybody could read his title. Pilate did that himself. And that ruffled some feathers because in verse number 21, the scripture says, Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. <laughs> he, said, he said this, uh, that, you know, the, the, the rulers, the religious rulers were saying, don't, don't proclaim him to be king. 
and, and put that on a pedestal where our Savior is crucified. They were offended by Pilate's decision. But Pilate said this. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Praise God. Even Pilate is my point here today. Even Pilate saw who he was. Even being the adversary in the story. Pilate decided to declare our Savior to be a king. More than a prophet. More than somebody who declared themselves king. But Pilate decided to declare our Savior King of kings, Lord of lords, King of the Jews. And he declared it in every single language that they could read. And the masses, they saw the writing of Pilate. Praise God. Pilate understood who Jesus was. I come with just a simple message here tonight, and, and part of it is, do you understand who Jesus is? Even Pilate understood who Jesus was. Even Pilate had heard of what Jesus can do, and he declared him king. And I want to ask us tonight, is he king of your life? Is he the king of your life? Is he in charge of your life? Is he your everything? Is he the king of you? Hallelujah, he became our sacrifice. Praise God, he became that only begotten son. But it's more than being the begotten son. He became the king of a heavenly kingdom. Hallelujah. And even Pilate could see that. And Pilate decided to share that. Pilate shared his revelation. I believe the Lord was asking him, when he asked him, are you, are you asking for yourself? I believe that God could see that in Pilate's heart, even as wicked as he was to crucify a Savior, that he knew him to be the Savior. And because of this questioning, he was declared King of the Jews. His banner was raised with that cross. They declared him a king. Pilate, who had power, declared him king. And I want to preach, teach on this thought here tonight. And it's simply speak what you've seen. Speak what you've seen. I want to declare who Jesus is. Hallelujah. He's our Savior. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that, that God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name in Philippians 2 and 9. You see, he is that name above all names. He is the king of kings because of that work on Calvary. If you read in verse number 8 of that chapter, it happened because he became obedient to death and even to the cross. Because of his obedience to the cross, he became our king. Amen? 
Uh, Colossians says it like this, that he, he blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Praise God. He nailed my sins to his cross. That's who Jesus is. That's who I've known him to be because of his work on Calvary. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. There, the mystery is, how could God love us so much to do this for us? Praise God. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 9 says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Hallelujah. In this, in what he did on the cross, he showed us his love. And how did he do that? Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. I've seen him to be a savior. I've seen the love of God. I've seen the life that he gives through his death. Hallelujah. You know this. You believe this for yourself. Hallelujah, if you're an apostolic, born-again Christian, then you know the redemption of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, he redeemed us. He saved us with his mighty hand. I've seen it for myself. Maybe some of you forgot. Oh, praise God. What kind of pit you were in before you came to God. Hallelujah. But that was love that held him to the cross. He said, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom or I would have soldiers here who would destroy you, Pilate. But my kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. And he became obedient to that cross because he loved you that much. What a loving Savior. What a mighty Savior. That scripture I just read in your hearing says that we will live through him. Let me, let me tell you something. You have not lived until you have been covered by the blood. You haven't really lived yet until you've been filled with his spirit. Amen. You haven't lived until you've received that redemption of God. But is there anybody here who will speak what they've seen? That's what I come to talk about here tonight. I, this is a challenge for myself as much as it is for any of you that are in this room. When's the last time you've spoke about what you've seen? Pilate saw something in Christ and he made it loud. He wrote it in every language he could. He wrote it on top of that cross. And the Bible tells us that many people read it. They read his handwriting. Pilate was doing evangelism. I know this is a little bit different of a message perspective here tonight. But Pilate saw something about Jesus 
and he had to speak it. Praise God. He saw that he was more than just somebody like a murderer who would be crucified. He saw that he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Praise God. In Matthew 28, the scripture tells us this, that after this great work at Calvary, that Jesus rose from the dead victoriously. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 28, in verse number 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Praise God. That's that power. That He became that king of kings because of the cross. That allowed him to become that king. Amen? But verse number 19, he's telling them this for a reason. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And he says this in verse number 19, go ye therefore. In other words, because of this, because of the cross, because I have all power, because I have redemption now, because I, I can save and I can give life now. Because my blood can wash away sins that no one else can wash away. Because of this, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Verse 19 says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He's telling him, therefore, because of what I've done, you should go and teach all nations in every language, in every tribe, every, every person should hear the gospel. Praise God. That's our job. I know I took a long way to get there. You're wondering, oh, okay, he took, he took, he took a little side route here to get here. I'm talking to you. I'm not just talking to talk. Praise God. I'm talking to you. Am I in your zip code yet? We read Matthew 28, 19, and we think, how could they just drop everything they were doing and go evangelize all of the known world and just literally give their lives for this gospel? Can I, can I be real with you? You know, we live in a very good country. Praise God. You can make a good living in America. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Anybody have one of those lazy boys in your house? Praise God. I wish I was in that lazy boy. I don't have one anymore. I used to have one. But I wish I was in that one I used to have and just kick him back. Amen. Anybody real like that? At the end of the work day, I just, man, I just want to chill. But they didn't, they were no chill. They were about it. They were about it. They, were, they went to Jerusalem, and they taught the word of God, and they preached the word of God, and they sacrificed for the gospel's sake. They gave everything they had so that others could hear the gospel. And it's because they saw something. They saw his work at the cross. Have you seen Calvary? Oh, praise God. Has Calvary been real to you? Is what I want to ask us here tonight. 
Has Calvary been real to you? Have you wept thinking about what Jesus did for you? Have you seen it for yourself? Have you seen his face? And I'm not talking about that you will physically see his face or that you will physically see the cross. But has the cross been real to you? Has the cross impacted you? If the cross has not changed you, if the cross has not impacted you, then you can never go and teach all nations. If you don't know him to be all-powerful for yourself, if you don't know him to be the life giver for yourself, I want to see the cross. I want to be closer to the cross. I want to be closer to God's redemption than I've ever been before. And it's not for any selfish reason. But I want to know Jesus. Friend of mine, that ought to be what you take away from today. We ought to know Jesus. Our world needs us to know Jesus. Have you talked with Jesus this morning? Have you walked by Calvary this morning? Have you thanked him for the blood this morning? Have you made him king in your life today? Today, not yesterday, not last year, but is he king of your life right now? Does he have all power right now in you? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I get strength when I go by that cross. I get peace when I go by that cross. I have life when I go by that cross. There's joy when I go by that cross. David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Salvation ought to strengthen you. Salvation ought to give his joy to us in a real way. Hallelujah. Don't look. For any other place to find joy but in the cross in Jesus Christ hallelujah do I do I have anybody who I'm hitting your zip code here today I've got to know Jesus I've got to be close to Jesus and when we have seen the cross when we know what Calvary's hill was like and we know it for ourselves. That is when we can go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. This isn't a game. We're not, we're not joking and being cute about baptizing people in your bathtub. We're not just trying to play a game about baptizing people in your swimming pool. Amen? You know, we have church kids. Our, our church kids, they play that. You know, they baptize each other. Amen. And we think that's cute. We take pictures. But when's the last time you baptized somebody that you taught them about the cross and what it's meant to you personally? Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. You see, 
when someone doesn't believe in God, is what this scripture is essentially saying. That is when Satan can cover their eyes and blind them. Because they don't have faith, he can come in and cover the, their eyes where they, they cannot see it for themselves. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. And verse 7 says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're just human. And yet his light still can shine into us. That's amazing. But how does it happen? Well, Romans says this, Romans 10 and 14 says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Praise God. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? If they don't believe, they're blinded. How can they call on him? They don't know who he is. But the scripture tells us the antidote here. How, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And so it's saying, how are they going to call on him if they don't believe? And how are they going to believe if they haven't heard? Somebody say heard. Your voice can give somebody the faith and that faith can cause them to call on him praise God there is a antidote to people being born again and it comes from a voice somebody say a voice my voice has power the end of that scripture says how shall they hear without a preacher Praise God. Paul, what he's telling them is somebody has to tell the good news. Somebody has to speak the good news. If no one will speak the good news, then they'll never hear. And if they never hear, they'll never believe. And if they never believe, they'll never call on him. Praise God. We need your voice, First Church. There needs to be a voice at your job. There needs to be a voice in the streets. There needs to be a voice for those that you're connected to. There needs to be a voice in your family that will proclaim the word of God. You don't have to have a preacher voice. You don't have to carry a preacher's card. You don't have to have the right level of study. You don't have to hold a master's degree. But if you can just tell them what you've seen, if you could just tell them what Jesus has done for you, if you could just tell them what you've seen, they can be saved. They will be saved. The lost will have their blinders removed. It's nothing about us. We're just an earthen vessel. But he's allowed his light to shine into us. Do we allow it to flow? Do we allow it to be made known? Are we a pilot? I've seen the king of kings. So I'm going to tell everybody who he really is. Praise God. In a way, God used Pilate. Even a wicked judge that caused Jesus to be crucified could be used of God. You can be used of God. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You can be used of God. 
God can speak through you. If he can speak through a donkey and he can speak through Brother Garza, which is pretty much the same thing, then he can speak through you. Hallelujah. Your family needs your voice. Your world needs your voice. You're not too young. You're not too old. You can speak life. The Bible says there is power of life and death in the tongue. If you'll use that tongue for his glory, you can speak life. Life can begin to be built. He can reach somebody. He can lift up their faith. If we will speak what we've seen. Praise God. I'm moved so much lately with what's been going on in Asbury, Kentucky. I want us to show our first slide here. Today marks 10 days that this revival has continued in this college university. These, this is not an apostolic college university. But God is moving in that university and people are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Masses of people are going to this place, literally going there from all around the world because they're hungry for God. You can't tell me that they're not hungry for God because they have flocked to this place in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky. They have traveled from far distances to be there. I want you to show the next slide. They don't even allow people into the building as of the last few days. And they have this street sign. I've never seen this street sign before. It says revival over capacity. The police are there. And they're turning them away. They literally, sadly, some of the officials have decided, you know what, we got to close the building there's just too many masses of people, so we're going to just stay open like every night of the week, and we got to kick all y'all out of there, and they're trying to kick them out. But they're packed in, and they're coming in because they're hungry for God. Praise God for that. I thank God for hunger that would go the distance to be touched by a Savior. That is awesome. That is good news. If people will come hungering for God, God will fill them. You might have seen this in your social threads. If you'll go to the, the next slide, there's an evangelist in our movement uh, who decided to go there, and they won't even let him in the building. And so what did he do? He started preaching to all of those who were stuck outside. He had a hotel room. He doesn't even live there. He flew in, and he had a Bible in his hand, and a French man said, hey, hey, you have a Bible? Do you have something you want to say to us? And this evangelist said, as a matter of fact, I do. And he began to preach to them from Acts 2 and verse number 38. And he began to tell them that they can receive the Holy Ghost just like they did in the Bible. And the, the, the Spirit of God was poured out in that area there over 50 people received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues for the first time from that moment right there Amen. praise God 
He took many of them back to his hotel and they baptized them in the hotel swimming pool in the name of Jesus, just like in the Bible. But what moved me so much is I watched the video of this. You can watch it yourself. He just spoke the word of God to them. He, he wasn't saying anything fancy. He wasn't orating from a sermon he had written. He didn't have an iPad. My iPad just has scriptures on it today. That's all it's got. He, he wasn't orating some scripted sermon. He was just reading from the word of God. And he said, I believe that God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. And he said, I want you to lift your hands, and I'm just going to pray in the name of Jesus. They didn't have the best band in the world. They didn't have a piano player at all. They didn't have no drummer at all. Praise God. Brother Marcel wouldn't be, a, you know, drumming there. He'd be praying them through. Praise God, because that's all it was. They had church right there on the spot. Because we don't just have church, but we are the church. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, that light has shined into you and it is in an earthen vessel and it's not in an earthen vessel so you can keep it to yourself. But if they'll repent of their sins, if they'll believe God and they'll hear a voice, that'll speak the word of God. The Ethiopian said, how can I know what this scripture means? Unless somebody tells me. And so he, Philip began to preach to him from that very same verse because he saw Jesus. When you've seen Jesus, he changes us. He makes us into a new creature. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I can't help but speak the word of God. I can't help but proclaim the word of God. I feel that God is calling us, even here in Woodland, California, not to a revival like Kentucky, but like a revival that God wants in Woodland, California. You see, it's not because of that. It's not because of a current event that I'm preaching this to you, but it's because God is calling us to do His work, to speak His word, to go ye therefore and teach all nations. There's hungry people everywhere. There's hungry people everywhere. There's people, you, even in this place, you're hungry for God. You've been, you've been feeling the pull of the Holy Ghost on you. That's God calling you. That's God drawing you in this house. Hallelujah. And I just am crazy enough to believe that something can break out here in our city. I'm crazy enough to believe that you're going to talk to somebody this week and you'll make an impact in their life. Hallelujah. Have you seen? I'm just being real with you here today. This ain't, this ain't going to be no uh, great you know, oratory sermon here that I'm bringing to you today. I'm not going to trick you into weeping in this altar you know, by, by my words and I'm going to just pull you in the right way. Because I feel God calling us and God pulling on us to do something greater 
to make an impact on somebody's life. I'm crazy enough to believe that somebody can leave here and just say, I'm just going to open my mouth. I'm just going to use the voice that God gave me. I'm just going to write some things down here in the place I can write something. Jesus is king. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And if he's doing it there, he can do it here. If there's somebody who's hungry, he'll work through you. I don't know about you, but I want to find somebody who's hurting and show them that light. Let's stand to our feet. Do you remember? Do you remember the day that somebody invited you to church? Do you remember? Do you remember what kind of pit you were in? And do you remember that first time you received the Holy Ghost? Do you remember that first time you danced to the Lord? And I'm talking like really dance, like ladies conference dance. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are going to get down to just a few days that, like that. I hope you do. Get your blessing. Amen. You're away from your husband. Get your blessing. Praise God. My wife's shouting over here. Amen. But do you remember that time? It was like they turned on the lights. It was, it was a whole nother thing that opened up. There was joy, like the joy that we talked about on Sunday. You remember when you had that joy for the first time? Hallelujah. There's a whole lot of people that haven't had that yet. They're counting on your voice. They're counting on you crying out to God. And they're counting on you knowing your Bible. They're counting on you fasting and praying. They're counting on you speaking it out. I believe we have everything we need in this building. Amen. I believe every person in this building and on this live stream, those who couldn't be here, sick, what, what not, our, our church family, I believe God has assembled the best of the best. Have you, do you realize what God has done? Do you, do you realize last year we, we prayed for years. We said, God, help us to go to the migrant center in Davis. Help us to go there. We prayed that prayer. You remember praying that prayer. And here they are. We have people coming from there. Brother Roberto has gone over, all over the world with pastor preaching the gospel, translating the gospel. He has, he has keys. I don't have keys on me. He has keys to the one in Dav uh, Davis, the one in Madison, the one in Dixon, and last year we had our first service there. Praise God. We had 10 people there. There was a guy there, his name was Emilio. And uh, he was a much better Emilio than me because he habla uh, en español. <laughs> Yo no hablo en español. Mi, mi español es muy mal y gringo. 
uh, oración por mí. Amen. <laughs> but we have people who speak in Spanish. Amen. And they, there are Spanish-speaking people only all around here, even just around the corner from here. I'm just believing. I am crazy enough to believe. I just believe that somebody is going to come from that apartment complex over there on 6th Street who's going to be Spanish-speaking only. And they're going to walk in these doors, and we're going to be able to greet them in Spanish. And they're going to start coming to this church because we're making our roots in that community. Amen? We're, 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 we're going to do it. The gospel is going to spread. Hallelujah. And it's not because we're special. It's going to happen if somebody is hungry. I've seen who Jesus is. And I'm hungry to proclaim it. I'm hungry to speak it. I believe that God can do it. I believe that his light can touch just another person who'll come to this altar just like I did with so much heaviness on them, but they'll trade in that heaviness. Hallelujah. They're going to get the Holy Ghost just like we did. Amen. If there's anybody who's hungry for this in this house, I want to open these altars to you, to anyone who's hungry for God. Specifically for them, not, not through this just here. This pulpit's to enable you. You have a voice where we cannot go. A people only you can speak to. I want God to speak through me. I want God to use me. I want to open these altars, come to this altar at this time. Amen. If anybody in here hungry, Jesus name come 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 find a place to pray if you're hungry for the Lord do that work that only he can do amen God can speak through you there's nothing there's nothing special or different about you that God cannot do our God's a savior who loves and he reaches and he can save Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.